Chad Prather rose to internet fandom as the man who's unapologetically Southern. Keith Oaks is a published author who failed his way to success. Together, they tackle today's headlines in a way only a Southern Spitfire and a millennial mogul can. Take off your sport coat, grab a beer, and enjoy the conversation. This is Second Shot with Chad Prather and Keith Oaks. Now, if you were lucky enough to be watching on YouTube, you get to see one of the most beautiful women in the world that just so happens to be my wife sitting next to me. How are you, honey? You're making their expectations too great. But hi, everybody. Hi, babe. Yeah, no, this definitely always brightens it up. And and like Brighton. Oh. Oh, our daughter. Yeah. I see what you did there. <laughs> no, get to have my lovely wife in today to co-host a segment with us. So yeah. um, see all the knowledge that she can drop on us. What's up, Zach? Oh, you know, the same old, same old. Heath, how are you? Came in looking snazzy as always. You know, just another day in paradise. You know, something I think is worth noting here. Huh. Jenny beat you to the office. Yes. By just a few minutes. Is yes. that a regular thing? Is Never. That- Never. <laughs> Never. In fact, I told Zach when I got here, I said... Um, so let's not tell Heath that I was actually about three minutes late because I was about to text you and I thought by the off chance that he's for once in his life running late, I, you know, then I would be the on time half of us, which is irregular. So I was kind of excited about it. You're always the better looking half. So that's, you Thanks, always babe. get that one. So <laughs> you always get a win. Uh, I'm excited but- about today's episode though. This will be fun. Yeah. I get to get a little bit of both of us. And I think we got a really interesting first, uh, little headline up here, Zach. We do. Uh, Travis Johnson, a football player for FSU, or an ex-football player for FSU, said, this team is playing for likes and retweets. And here's what he meant. He was on another podcast, the Big Three Roll-Up Show, shameless plug, and somebody asked him what they think of kind of kids playing nowadays, because he's not playing anymore. He's retired. And he said, you know, I don't think they're doing that well, and I don't blame the coaches. It's the culture. These kids don't they don't know their why. They don't know why they're out there doing it. They don't have a good reason why. When I was a kid, when I was out there playing ball, I thought to myself, you know what? I want to be a legend. I want people to cheer my name in the stands. I want I want people to know me, and I want to inspire others. And, kids, and you wanted to be rich. Oh, of course. Yeah, you did say that as well. <laughs> yeah. That. But he said kids today, they're, they're playing for social media. They're playing for likes and retweets, and that's all it's about. And not being legendary. And not being legendary. And I thought legendary. that was like a really uh, a key part whenever he said uh, – and then, he, you know, it's unfathomable to me that these kids don't want to put their hand in the dirt and whoop the man across from them. And in football, that is something that is, you know, you, you, you kind of learn about. It. Now, before we get into this, I, I, I do need to start saying that what we do at Second Shot is, you know, we don't really care about the headline itself. We take a headline and we, we feel like how we can take a second shot at that into our business and or slash personal life and, and really try to bring some tidbits that we can uh, that maybe from our knowledge um, and we also, in the third segment, we will take any kind of listener emails or questions or anything. So secondshotcast at gmail.com, secondshotcast at gmail.com. Send us anything you want. We'll take a look and review with it. But, yeah, I, I thought this was interesting, uh, playing for the likes and retweets. And, yeah. and, and, you know, there's the why in it. There's the, you know, there's so much to this. So there's, I mean, that's a common complaint about the up and coming generation, I think, in general. But when I see this, you know, I work in news and have for about 15 years. And so people always, you know, they want to get their stuff out there on TV, right? They want to pitch a story. They say, I've got, you know, I've got this business. I want to get my, how can I get my business on TV? I've got this new whatever, whatever, whatever. And it's like, okay, well, I mean, you have to buy, buy advertising. If you're looking for a free ad, you got to buy an ad. But if you have a story to tell, something you're trying to help people with, well, then that's 
you know, noteworthy, newsworthy, worthy of our viewers' attention. So it's sort of like that's a really old school version of what people are doing now because with regard to the the likes and retweets, you know, news is kind of like the old school <laughs> version yeah. of, of that. And so I, t- I tell people, okay, you've got this new salon, say, for example, and, the, you know, I just I want to be on. Okay, well, then how can you help people? Yes. Why did you get into this salon? What is it that, you know, do you, do you have a passion for, you know, um, I'll go new moms because that's me yep. helping them figure out their morning routine and how do I get this hairstyle done faster and in a more efficient way? Okay, well, then maybe that's your passion. That's what you can teach people about. But if you're just saying it's all about me and my business and how I make money and how I get people to come to my place, that doesn't – no nobody – cares you know and you're not going to be successful ultimately because you're you're thinking more about you as opposed to who you want to help with your business and that and i think that's the thing is the the playing for likes and we retweets i you know i think that's the biggest kicker to me because today's generation you got people that go oh i want to be famous and so now everybody can be famous so easily right they think oh i'll post something and all these people will go try to start doing something like oh how do i drive more likes to my page and you know you gotta you know you're they're coming you know, we got to be careful with our kids and everybody with that because they're passing up what the most important part is, like what you just said. What's the why that you want to do something? You did a story one time on, on a family in the Metroplex that um, these young girls are 17, 18 now are making tons of money mm-hmm. on YouTube. They've got a YouTube channel. Like the mom and dad are like, dad's the CEO now it's of it. Like Cute it's girls, hair styles yeah, for huge. people who, you know. They did not start that YouTube channel with a how many subscribers can we get and how much can you do. They, had, they, they liked the ability of showing how they could do hairstyles and all that. And it somehow turned into this massive business. Because they truly wanted to help people. They really did. They were like, oh, wow, you want to know how to do that? Let me make you a quick video. Yes. And so people felt the authenticity. They felt the, you know, wow, this, this woman wants to help me and wants to help my kids and let's do it. And now, I mean, yeah, now they review products and they do. Yeah, I mean, they've got they all their tons they and tons are of money. very wealthy. But their young goal ladies. and objective when they started out was not to make this big business. Yeah. It was these girls were like, well, how were they when they started? Well, the mom was a it was a mom, a young mom. And, and they have several kids now. The girls are now, I think, 16 or 17. So but they, but they were like 11 or 12 when this yeah. all started. And so they didn't shoot their their why was to help other people with the hair. The, the kids would go to school and the other moms were asking the mom, how do you do that with their hair? Oh, I'll shoot videos and just so y'all can watch it. it. The why was a legit inspiring why. Why it is important to have a why that outlikes all of that because you can never, you can never um, determine the outcome of people liking you and retweeting you. You can determine the outcome of whatever content you put out. You can't, you can't determine that other aspect of it. So what your why, if you have something that's more powerful that is an inner drive to do it like... I just wanted to help these moms out, right? Yeah. You're going to endure it all. Well, yeah. I mean, and, and, and when you go home at the end of the day, like, you don't curl up with a like or a retweet. Yes. You don't. You know, that does not bring love and fulfillment and a sense of, you know, dignity. It doesn't bring that that fulfillment. So it's like if you're truly living out your passion, people will follow you naturally. Yep. They want to see what it's all about. Don't you think, too, though, because you talk about a lot, you'll have a lot of young interns that will come in and want to get into news. My and, goodness. And, and you'll sit down and talk with a lot of them and say, look, there's nothing glamorous about this. You, for your first eight, nine years, are going to make next to nothing. You are going to be in live trucks pumping for your new baby whenever you are. <laughs> you know, there's this is not this big, like you think, it's this world glamorous thing. So if you think 
that if you were getting into this because you want to be kind of famous, this is you're never going to make it. You'll never endure it. Yeah. And you said that a lot of people you started with have never made it because, but yours was journalist. You love the journalism and you've endured it because your why was much more than than what the fame and glamour was. Right. So my import, my my why is to tell important stories, to hopefully tell inspiring stories, and to give compassion when we're telling the hard ones. But um, but yeah, I mean it's not a, a, a glamorous job. And for the record. No problem with wanting a glamorous job. Like, yep. be a model, be an actress, be an Insta star. I love it. Like, much love to everybody in that realm and that environment. But sometimes, yeah, people will kind of go the news path of it, and, and you're going to burn out. Glamorous. Yeah, you're going to burn out just because you know you're going to have to carry your, your camera. You're going to have to sit out at a you know a, a scene for ten hours with no restroom and no food, and you know you're you're not going to get zero thanks. You're going to get you know beat up on a lot for your what you look like, what you sound like, what, you know, you're, you're doing and not doing. But if you really do have a passion for telling those stories and you love it and you get satisfaction out of that, then again, you go home and you curl up with that. And there's ways to find why and everything, but you can't, but you can't sit there and continue to go for something that you can't control your outcome on. And the only way that you endure the, the tough times and the stuff that goes backwards and forwards and all of the trials and tribulations is, is an inner why that has, so much more depth to it than just the facade and and the and the the wrapping, so to say. Yeah, it's. Real, I mean, it's lonely. That, yep. that 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 is lonely to be kind of barking up a tree where, where there's nothing at the end except for other people's affection for you. Yep. I, so I'm gonna tell you, you've got to find your why. Simon Sinek has a great book on start with the why that I definitely recommend on on this uh, part. And I would say that if you're not feeling fulfilled right now, if you've got those struggles. You've got to search inner for your why. What do you do? What is the why? And everything else, I always say um, money will always follow, but it never leads. Money never leads. Don't ever target in leading with money. Start with your why and money will follow. I can promise you that. We'll be right back for the second segment of Second Shot. He likes cowboy hats and boots. And he's a suit and tie kind of guy. Chad Prather and Heath Oaks host more of Second Shot coming up on RNCN. Hey everybody, it's Chad here. And if you know anything about me, you know that I read a lot of books, at least three to four a week. And there's one that I've read several times. It's by my buddy, Heath Oaks. It's called Ignorance on Fire, Failing Your Way to Success. If you want to have your life changed in your business, in your relationships, in the way you look at the world of success, you need to pick up Ignorance on Fire. Go to Amazon.com, buy the book, leave a review. I promise you, you're going to love it. Go get it today. Ignorance on Fire by Heath Oaks, Failing Your Way to Success. Ready, aim, fire. Second Shot is back for another round on the Real News Communications Network. But this is going to be the really funny part because Zach wants to crack a joke to thinking I was going to make a joke like the old dad <laughs> joke, you know? And I was thinking, you know, about um, there's that commercial where it's like how you know you're turning old whenever it's like, look, I'm, I'm not leaving the front door open air conditioning the whole world when they're, those people are like in therapy. Because they're like becoming their parents and oh, stuff. Oh yes, I'm not there yet. No, not there yet. Let me let me explain. Uh, during <laughs> the break, Jenny whipped out her Instagram story, and you said, "Hey, uh, Heath, you're on you're on my Instagram story. Say hello to everybody." And you were like, "Hey,", hey. <laughs> I figured for sure you'd just say hello to everybody. That like, would that would have been the dad joke response. That would be that dad joke response. I'm I'm not quite at that moment. No, yet. not yet. Not, not 
you know, five months in, I'm I'm still trying to figure this thing out. It's Man. a slippery slope, Ethos. <laughs> so I've heard. Yeah. Oh, it is. Sure. No, no, definitely. I just haven't. <laughs> I haven't quite gotten it hammered out yet. No. Well. Someday. A man can dream. <laughs> yes. All right. So for our second segment, uh, we've got this article. Class Pass founder on success. She said you can't accomplish anything without a team. So let me explain. Uh, Class Pass uh, is a company that put together the app Bumble and also Bumble Biz, which is a new thing uh, for business. But the woman who put it together made this app. It's kind of like Tinder, but it's supposed to be very female oriented. Women kind of make the final decision on whether or not they talk no, they to another No, they have to make the first person. move. Yeah, they have to make, have the, to first make the first move. move. Right, yeah. I think a guy can swipe right, but they can't message them. Only women can message guys. I'm not really sure how it works. But when she was asked about kind of how she brought all this together, because you went from this very small company to a company with over 200 yeah. people, she said very simply, you can't accomplish anything without a team. I seek to inspire my team by giving them free reign to shine. I want them to feel empowered to challenge themselves and grow. Now, the question here is... When you've got a team of that size, and this is something I've wondered from Heath for a while, so I can't wait to hear what you got to say. When you've got a team that size, at some point you got to wonder when you make a hire, is this a good move? Is this person really in line with kind of what I want? Or maybe this is bad. When you get that many cooks in the kitchen, there's certainly potential for something to go wrong. So for her, she's saying go for it anyway. What do you think, Heath? And that's what it goes back to, though, is it is relying on that team, though, Zach, because with that many, like... You know, we'll hire, I'll hire somewhere close to 400 people in my organization. Which is huge. This year. And maybe I, I have sat in front of 10 myself. So, but it goes back to relying on trusting the team. I've got the Babe, leader. who's hiring these people? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's I've, a free-for-all over yeah, here. Yeah. The, the leaders are all in place yeah. that I have spent time with and I trust and they own and know what it is. They're, it's honestly easier when you have a 200-person organization of hiring the right talent than it is when you got five people. The, it's 10 times easier. Really? Yep. That seems counterintuitive. Why is that? Because you actually got something that people can believe in and see that people want to be a part of, which then, and you've got a culture, so you're attracting that type of person. Yeah. Versus when you're four or five, you're, gonna, you're trying to get anybody and everybody to just believe in what you're trying to do and that you're not going to fold tomorrow. So you got to shift through a lot more of that, the bad to get to the good. When you're there and it's made and it's like... My territory, for instance, right now, we have a phenomenal culture. We have the right leadership in the right places and things are rolling. We are attracting the right talent. When I was started out at 19 years old and I was recruiting people 100% commission, meeting them in hotel lobbies because I couldn't afford an office, that was not easy to get people to believe in me. <laughs> right. Okay? It is now <laughs> when I'm sitting in an 18-floor corner office of this expensive office building sure. to make people believe that we got something going on. It's much easier now. But wouldn't you think if you've got a team with 200 people, somebody could sign on and go, well, everything will be fine here. I could, I could, I could call in sick tomorrow and the company would still roll. When you've got a team of five or six people, don't you, don't you, don't you find those people with that drive, with that aspiration, go, I want it just as bad as you do. I want to be a part of this. You, you should, you should have. It should be easier to find those at 200 people if you've got all the right people in place because when you start out, you're finding the right people and you develop the right leaders and it all trickles down. You are, uh, it all starts and ends with the leadership. So if you hire the right people and you have the right culture starting at the top, it trickles down. You know, and people talk about that cliche of that team, um, you can't do anything with team. Everybody knows, oh, you need a team, right? But some of those people will say that as just words, but then they don't live it. They don't really turn it over to the team. Yeah, it's funny because Heath, you know, he's involved in several different businesses. And so we're always kind of having this discussion about why this business does well, why this that business perhaps doesn't. And there is a business in town that we both know about that Heath has commented on before saying this thing could be huge. 
but the owner won't give up control. Yeah. Right. So, and, and and to me, I kind of I kind of see the owner's perspective too, because this person has their baby. It's running really well. They're very involved, and I think isn't it isn't it that person's personal touch that that keeps it going well? And Heath says, absolutely not. She needs to find some people who to to put in place so it can blow up. Mm-hmm. And and. Um, so I wonder if there's that control element sometimes that, that just holds people back from expanding and not that everybody, you know, not everybody wants to have their business blow up. A lot of people, you know, small businesses are awesome too. Yeah. No, it, it's the control and is the insecurities. See leaders that don't hire the, everybody's, Oh, I'm a leader and I'm, uh, I'm hiring these people, but they'll never give the control over cause they have insecurities that they don't know what they don't know. Right. So um, you can't have insecurities. If you're somebody that's not hiring people and letting them do their deal, that's because you have different, you have insecurities yourself that you got to get secure in. Because when I go out and search and hire people that are better than me, you consistently do that. You got to be secure in what you're doing and how you're doing it and how it's rolling. And in the end, it all works out. So you have to, you can't have those insecurities. Too many people these days have insecurities mm-hmm. and or that control freakness where you know, they've got a great talent. Maybe there's that person that created that's a great developer, created that app, and it's going really well. They have to have enough self-awareness to go, but I'm not good at running the business. I need to hire a CEO. I need to do something to run the business, and I just need to be head of the technology development. That's what I'm good at. That's mm-hmm. what I love. But they're too insecure to let somebody else come in and do something because they don't want to give up their control but then they'll say, oh, I'm all about my people and team, but you're still trying to have your hand in it all. Well, in this generation, too, I mean, I, this generation and perhaps the generation ahead of Heath and I, too, loves to be enriched at work, right? So, like, that satisfaction of I really did put my hand in this. I, I didn't just show up, do my job, and leave. And so sometimes there's a manager where it's like, no, 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 I want you to just get here, show up, do your job, and leave. And these people, um, I think, sometimes are empty. Yep. And they're like, where is the satisfaction? They're where? doing nothing to fulfill them. Right. So I wonder sometimes if maybe, okay, so say you don't have you don't have to pay somebody more, but perhaps you, you don't give them some ownership yep. over the product and then they've got like some skin in the game, truly. Yep. And then they can, you know, then they can grow. I don't know if you'd ever dealt with that, Zach, like working, you know, in media and stuff like that, because sometimes it's, you know, these big companies. And and so you come in creative, like fresh out of college, ready to go, ready to innovate and make a difference. And you're met with like this brick wall of, no, we just need you to edit that and leave. Yeah. You very efficiently described why I'm not in terrestrial radio anymore. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's exactly what that is. It's this feeling like, Come on, I want to I want to be a part of something and do something great and kind of spread my wings and fly. And it's this attitude of, that's not how we do it here. And if you're not going to play by the rules, you shouldn't be here. And it's like, come on, you should be rewarding innovation and encouraging it, encouraging that creativity. Think outside the box. Who knows what might happen? The problem is, is that people, um, majority of people are not leaders. Majority of people are truly not people builders. Okay, they either were. Um, a great plumber and had connections and started a plumbing company, okay, but they're not a leader, right? Yeah. Or, and, or, and I use that for as an example because that's, you know, or a great engineer or a great whatever and started an engineer or whatever it is, but they're not the people. They, people have to be self-aware and know when they need to be in their home spot and hire somebody to find a people person to really lead. We talked to, um, we, we know somebody that has asked me before that has this really big company, okay, and, and they're very successful, but they're like, look, what, here's what I don't understand. I, I pay my people really well, do all these things, got all this stuff. You hire 100% commission, and you have a lot more people, and you keep people more than me. How in the heck does that happen? 
What well, are they doing wrong? It's very simple. They're not letting the people part of the process. They're not. See, I go in every day thinking about my people. My customers and clients are all of the people that work with me. That's it. Plain and simple. That person's going in thinking about being the best plumber or the best whatever. Mm-hmm. And that's what you got to think about a part of your business. That if, if the part of your business you're worrying about is the technical aspect every day of thinking about it when really the most important thing is the people. The people, the people, the people. Well, so it's also about learning what that person's goal is. So say you hire somebody and they say, Heath, I want to be you. I want to be the territory sales manager in my home state of Texas. And and some people, as Heath would be like, hey, man, that's my job. You mean you want my job? Whereas take take a bigger step and think, you know what? I want you to be me too. Yep. You know, uh, you know, instead of being worried about someone overtaking you, how about mentoring them, leading them? You're going to get the absolute best work out of them for those years while they're working to become you and hopefully even surpass you. Well, and, and so it's like you the know ego. What's funny like that you got to let the ego go. Like, hey man, he, you know, he makes more money than me. He's more, you know, whatever. But what's funny about that is what happens is, and this has actually happened, right? With me is by doing that, <laughs> when they make you look that good. Yeah. I've got people promoted that basically in my role because Colonial made a brand new role to have me in the role to have the other person there because they didn't want to lose me or them and created stuff. Like, you don't know what will come. Mm -hmm. But because of the people and the people developing and focusing on that is the most massive part about what you do and cannot do. You have to be going in or you have to have somebody coming in every day thinking about the people because you can get, like you said. Like, what are their goals? Where do they want to be? What do they want to be? Because here's here's what a lot of people do is they'll put their, they think that what people want is exactly what they want, which is not true. So a lot of people go, well, I pay them good. Well, you know, I I gave them a gift card to (laughs) so-and-so. You know, that's what they do. (laughs) What do you mean, Jenny? You don't want to work weekend mornings forever. I gave you a honey-baked ham. Yeah, Yeah. yeah, exactly. (laughs) Well, then they go, I pay them more than the other, and I keep losing them to that other deal. So look, it's obviously not about the money, so stop thinking it is. When's the last time you said, hey, um, four or five of my top people come in. I want to create a project to do this. I want y'all's input. What do y'all want? Somebody take ownership. Purely asking some simple things to get them involved in the building process make a massive difference. I fully believe that I don't care what kind of company it is, kind of business it is, that if I went and sat down with somebody in any type of business, any type of industry, um, within half a day of talking with them and talking to some people, I could come back with three or four simple, very easy things that could completely change that business and how they grow and keep people. It's a problem in media. I would let, I mean, it's a problem shoot, in every business. Let's have, <laughs> it really is. Oh, I mean, media. The, the, the end of this, the end, let's end it here. <laughs> yeah. Right, We're going to come back to the third segment. We got a couple cool little emails we want to hit on. Now that's what I call ignorance on fire. More of Second Shot with Chad and Heath still to come. To all of my friends in the great state of Texas, if you would like to cut your power bill in half tomorrow, go to energyogre.com, put in the promo code WATCHCHAD. I will tell you that I have saved over 65% on my first year using energyogre.com. They do all the work for you, and they save you money at the same time so you never have to worry about it again. Again, go to energyogre.com, promo code WATCHCHAD, and save some money. Kick off your boots or suit up. The choice is yours. Welcome back to Second Shot with Chad and Heath on RNCM. This is one of my favorite parts of the whole show is always getting to get the listener emails and reading through them all. And uh, if you you remember a couple episodes back, we had Oliver on there and we (laughs) talked about some of the bad name stuff. And then we also talked about a little saying that he had. 
Um, but we got an email from uh, uh, Deidre. Okay, so Deidre sent us an email. Said, hey, y'all, I've been listening to podcasts since. I hardly miss a week. Definitely left a review. Um, and after the last segment of the bad names, I just had to email what I found. Heath, I hope you share this with your co-host from the episode. Made a little laugh. Um, I have the name problem. She said, my name is pronounced Deidre, but I usually get everything uh, but that because I've given up and I love to answer more because her, her name is spelled D-E-I-D-R-A. Okay. Um, and she said, some of my close, close friends call me D, have other nicknames, but I prefer my uh, full name. And she said, one of the worst spellings of the name I came across, she's going on about how it's spelled, it's pretty funny. But uh, side note, uh, thank you both for your wisdom, but Heath and his book has really been such a help for me. Oh, that's I just awesome. recently became an insurance agent, agent uh, in Missouri. And so much of your business, sharing ideas, thoughts, life lessons, drive to really help me, the agency um lead Go sales etc yeah thanks so, so much awesome. for all you're doing i pray the whole team gets continued for the time so thank you Deidre. i appreciate that so much and she also put down here we talked about um in that last one oliver said uh, knowledge is knowing that a tomato is a fruit but wisdom is not putting it on a fruit salad right and this little she put a little meme down here it says uh she found a meme that finishes that saying, and it I says, Knowledge is knowing a tomato is a fruit. Wisdom is not putting it in a fruit salad. Philosophy is wondering if that means ketchup is a smoothie. <laughs> That's cute. That's I thought fantastic. that was I love how you're connecting with your listeners so much. I, I mean, love it's, it. it is, you guys must feel good about just, I mean, we talked about job satisfaction, right? Like coming in here in the middle of your day, you know, doing this and, and it's really is helping people. So I love it. Cool. I, I, I love it tremendously. And I'm, DJ, I'm glad to see that. Uh, things are going well for you in the insurance world. It's a tough gig, and um, appreciate your email and the time that you spent to send that on in. Yeah, not to not to discount anything else I do, but like I know every show says we have the best fans, but like really, I work on other podcasts. Mm -hmm. None of them are like as as glowing as as your fans awesome. are. Yeah, they're they're all super nice. Yeah, they're all happy to be a part of the show, and we love having them. And remember, guys, secondshotcast at gmail .com. Questions, comments, just letters or, or or headlines that you would like to see our take on, whatever it is. Secondshotcast at gmail .com. Yeah, we'll talk about anything. And uh, speaking of anything, didn't uh, you have something you said I retweeted? I you did. Yeah. You retweeted this today, and I wanted to talk about it. I think Jenny actually retweeted it as well, so I figured I this, is, this is perfect to bring up. A guy named Ray Lewis, he retweeted him. He said, play, he said, pay close attention to people who don't clap when you win. And here's my thing, because I'm, I want you to help me see the light. Well, the I'm not funny, saying well, this is First bad. of all, yeah, the funny ahead. thing is, Zach, yeah. is that you go a guy named Ray Lewis that shows how much you know nothing about football. <laughs> he right. has two and, Super Bowl and, rings. And, yeah, right. Well, Ray Lewis is literally one of the greatest <laughs> of all time, and I love it. And, I, and, I, and that's what I love about you, Zach, is that is so awesome funny because <laughs> Ray Lewis is honestly one of the most like revered, football players he, of all time. A lot of, of the, people are clapping for him. He's, yeah. He's one of those Lewis's I hope were related. He's got the blue check mark. I know he's verified. I, I you know, I'm I'm a simple man. What yeah, can yeah. I say? I don't follow Ray Lewis. I follow you, Heath. Yeah, you retweeted you him exactly. and that's where it came from. Yeah. I figured he was a fan. That anyway. Yeah, he said pay close attention to people who don't clap when you win. Here's my thing. Wouldn't you think when you, whenever you win you should celebrate it. You know, you've done it. You, you've you've accomplished you, victory. I don't. I wouldn't think you'd be. You should be looking around the room at the people who aren't clapping. You should be looking at the people who are, who are celebrating you and your accomplishments, and and, and sharing that with you. You know, that's that's a sincere moment. And I do think it's important to note the people who aren't, because that's something. Yeah, like mm -hmm. that's definitely worth worth looking at. But I don't. I don't know. I'm conflicted about it. But so what you're saying is, don't put all your energy into drowning those people out as more so put your energy into the people who are surrounding you with love and with with class. I guess yeah I, I yeah. guess to me it's like I, I primarily yeah you should 
enjoy it. A win is a win, you know? You, sh- you should respect it for what it is. And you should also note the people who aren't celebrating it with you. But so I have to, you, say, I have to say, say that, that's really good. Like, that, that that's, I t- uh, that's actually, I was yeah, sitting there, I, I mean, was I like, wait, I couldn't wait to tear you apart on trying to do that. But <laughs> Stop it. I, he is not clapping. But no. I can't deny the fact that I could argue that point yeah. that you just gave as much as I could the other. What were you about to say? Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, just take that same quote and reverse it a little bit. I mean, you, you, you maybe perhaps to improve what the great Ray Lewis has said yes. would Lewis. be to just pay attention to the people who, you know, have your back, to the people who are clapping for you as opposed to saying, you know, pay attention to the people who don't. I mean, either way, the point is surround yourself by people who think that you rock. Yeah. You know, I mean, we can, it's really, you know, all of that stuff has to come internally. But if you're consistently surrounded by people who are competing with you and or being a frenemy, you know, fake nice, all that kind of stuff, it, it, you know, it can chip away at you. Yeah. So you have to every once in a while evaluate perhaps business relationships, but also, you know, friendships and the people you surround yourself by and, and like, okay, is this, is this an advantageous relationship? Does this person... You know, you will kind of notice. Hey, wow! I had like a lot of big, uh, big moments, and I didn't hear from that person. You know, you know? What, but you know what's interesting? There's something that my wife has said that is um, said it early on in our relationship, and it has um, made a massive impact on the way I think about a lot of things. She said at one time, "When somebody shows you who they are, mm-hmm. believe them." I have never forgotten that, and that sticks in a massive way because think about this. How many times do people show us who they are, but we don't believe them? It's tough. How many times does somebody do something, like like somebody sitting in front of you talking about somebody else, and, and you're seeing how they are, but yet you just don't believe that they would do that to you, right? Of course. Like, like there's so many times. So, And I think that when he's talking about it is there's a, like the people that aren't clapping for you, what he's saying is paying attention to that are the people that you, you would have thought would have clapped for you. See, that's the thing is what, what it's um, – it's not that you you win and you say, "Oh, I'm gonna look for the people who de- who who are down in me." Yeah, you win, and you just have you, you've got to be aware of your surroundings more. Too many people are blindly into things. It's not that you it's not that you harness them. It's not that you focus on them. You just have to have an awareness of everything. That there's a lot of people that are, "Oh man, yeah, you're doing great. I, I want you to yeah, you kill it." They're all saying it because they really don't believe you can. And then when you do it. <laughs> where are they at? What are they doing? Are they really? They're like crap. Now he's better than me, or she's better than me, or or they're that. And now you hear about them talking around uh, about that you didn't really get that on your own or whatever. And what he's saying, don't put all your trust in those people. You got to just know who you're dealing with. I always say it's not about judging them that, but when you know who where you got somebody that you stand yes. with somebody, then you know the barriers to put up. It's not that you have to isolate them from your life. You just know there's certain things that you say and do around some people that you don't do around the others. So it's important that. Because everybody's going to be cheering for you. You know, everybody was cheering for me when I'm 19 and I had no idea what I was doing, okay? Um, because it didn't look like there's a chance in God's green earth that I would make anything of myself. But when that happens, then who's still around clapping? Who's actually I'm here, happy babe. for that? <laughs> I'm here. But you know what I'm I mean? Here. Yeah, so, you know, and that one came from my mom. My mom would always instill that in us, um, just to have that awareness, you know? like, and, and it's funny because the business that I work in is, you know, could perhaps be seen as competitive, catty, shallow, um, you know, sort of like that image of people scraping their way to the top. But by and large, I am immune to that because I've surrounded myself by mentors, women, friends in this industry, people who we all cheer for each other, you know. And, and so a lot of times people say, gosh, man, that's got to be a tough business. And yeah, it is. But, but I'm not paying attention to the people who are not clapping for me. 
you know, like some of my closest girlfriends are from all the different news markets that I've worked at. Some are still in the business, some are not. But I know that these are women who, first of all, started in that business because of a passion not to be competitive. And second of all, they're people that they know me, they know my heart, they care about me, and they know that I yeah, but you right have paid to attention to the ones that aren't clapping for you, yes. and you have your boundaries up. So and I don't, yeah, we don't don't. hang. You yes. know, we're not we're not um, you know opening up to each other at the end of the day. You know, business relationships you have to keep them. You have to be connected to people who you you know. Just because I don't hang with them and I know the parts of them that is that would not be a part of my life doesn't mean I attack them and doesn't mean I'm not cordial right. when I see them and it's not fake that I'm not. I know the people. I have my boundaries for people, and I know the people. You have to have a self awareness enough to know what boundaries you should have with which people. If you have a friend you're sitting there with always telling you to gossip with everybody, you better be careful what you tell that person. They're showing you who they are. Mm -hmm. Believe them. Don't tell them all your inner secrets and then expect them not to say it to you, but they do it with all the 10 people you hear. We do it all the time. You have to be self-aware enough to to know those boundaries. So it's, you know, the keep your friends close, your enemies closer type thing. You just <laughs> got to know. Yeah. If, Chad, if, if, if I am filling in for Chad right now, yeah. he would call you out on Emily. Yes, he would. <laughs> but it is. It, it's not that you're searching for those ones with it, but you do have to pay attention to know the boundaries that you put up. And look, there's people I got boundaries up that I still will clap for when they win. I don't have, like, like there's there, there's the people that go the route that they want to see people lose. I don't. I don't care who they are. I want them to win. I want them to win well. Um, I just hope it's all right. And But I'm not going to invest my time to caring about it. Like, I'm not sure. going to. I don't check to see where they are on, on any level. Um, I worry about, about me and my team. Right. You're able to respect somebody else's moment in the sun. Absolutely. As much as yours. Yeah. When you win, like. Take a second and enjoy it. Yeah, like it. Yeah. yeah. Look, here's what's funny. Jenny goes. I always joke about. I, I'm obsessed with like drug lords and all that stuff. Oh my gosh. It like I love watching. Bad, I love watching the Narcos and the Narcos, El Chapo yeah, stuff. Yeah. Like I, I'm just intrigued by them and how they do it. It's so funny. And I was telling her one time. I was like, hey, you know, I want to be El Chapo. I'm gonna be El Chapo one day. And I was all laughing of a about he's it. Like, can you please introduce me to more of your relatives in Mexico? And then the next day, like there was stuff going on and like um, I, I won our territory, won territory of the year. And one of my close friends that I helped in the business, um, it came to him losing to me and coming in second. And and Jenny was like, Heath, you literally are over there like pouting, like you're about to cry because you're upset that you beat your friend. There's no way you could be El Chapo. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like you just you just don't have it in you. I don't Aww. have it in me with that. And because he because he was you know man he's had such a good year and he's done this and he's you know developed this part of his team and man they've you know really come around and he really he really wanted it for him and I'm like yeah no and we like swooped in at the end and did it like it was like he really thought he had it and it was like right at the last so I felt really bad for him. I believe that there's enough room for everybody to win. You have to believe that no matter who it is and where it is and what it is. I would help all, an all-state guy across the street help them sell better if they will or want to. I don't care. I know there's enough for everybody. You have to take that mentality, but you need it's, to pay attention to, to who you're letting in your circle and who is clapping for you when you actually do win. You have to have that awareness because you got to be able to put the boundaries up. I think this Ray Lewis character has earned a retweet from me. I think I'll, <laughs> now, I'll here's throw the him one. How about that? Hey, the next episode. He's, he's also a New York Times bestseller, if that yeah. helps you Is to he? give him some credibility. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah, well. <laughs> We're going to, um, on, on the next episode, it's going to be a shorter kind of, but I got a really cool nugget I'm giving on the next episode. So make sure you download that on, on uh, next Friday. But where can we find you at, hon? Oh, on Facebook, Jenny and Chondo. Instagram, my favorite social media of all. Jenny and Chondo, Jenny A. Fox 4 on Twitter, and my website, jennyandchondo.com. And, you know, secondshotcast at gmail.com. Any questions, concerns, emails, uh, 
you know, anything you think of, send us our way. And Ed Heath Oaks and Ignorance on Fire, look me up. Um, love you guys, and hope you're going to have some get really full next Thursday and eat all the turkey oh, ham you yes. can. Yes, get after it. <laughs> Digital destination for premium talk radio.